0: Okay. Yeah. Cool. And you want to do the intro over here, Kevin? Okay. On three, two, one. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Kevin Hemstreet. I'm here with the Multifamily Movers podcast. Today, we're introducing Skylar Stokes, discussing Delaware statutory
1: trusts. What is a DST? Welcome, Skylar. How Thanks, are you? Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having me. Sure, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, uh, essentially, what a DST is is it's a it's a real estate. Um, focused investment for uh, for folks who are looking to do a 10-1 exchange um, effectively what what the Delaware statutory trust is it's a trust that ho- that holds real estate assets it could be any type of real estate asset it could be raw land it can be a multifamily family uh, property it can be an office building it can be anything so uh, essentially what happens is a company goes out they acquire a, a property and they put it in a trust and then basically fractionalize the ownership of that trust so that investors who are looking to attend their one exchange can utilize a DST and thus satisfy exchange requirements, thus deferring their capital gains. So it can be a really effective tool for folks who are either in their 45 days that can't find a, a property or they're just you know ready to take their hands off the wheel and give it up and let somebody else kind of do it for them. So that's what a DST is. It sounds like it's
0: passive in, in, in a way. I mean, is that an accurate description of what totally. you're describing? Totally,
1: absolutely. Okay. So um, the, the way that, that the trust was set up is, um, the, like I said before, a company effectively, um, they, they acquire the real estate asset, they put it in the trust, and then a trustee oversees basically the entirety of the operations of that trust. There's an asset manager on there. Um, Investors who jump into the trust effectively have zero responsibility because it's all done by the third party. So it's 100% passive. Mm -hmm. They have no uh, responsibility with with regard to you know acquiring or trying to get any of the rent. Um, uh, No trash responsibilities. No tenant responsibilities. Nothing like that. It's all done by the third party for them. So is
0: this an investment that would be eligible for a 1031 exchange? You know, most of our clients own small to medium-sized apartment buildings. Um, they're looking for that next leap into something that might be passive at so- some stage of their career. And um, it sounds almost like a triple net lease type property, other than the fact that it's
1: uh, a group investment, more or less. Is
0: that is that an accurate? That's, yeah,
1: that, that's absolutely right. Um, so in, in this in this case, you know, investors who, like I said before, they're they're trying to find a replacement property. Currently, the way that the rules are written, in in the eyes of the IRS, um, you can utilize a Delaware statutory trust to satisfy exchange requirements. Okay. So the way that they that they wrote it in um, in the code basically says yes, like it actually it qualifies for for a one exchange. So you can defer all of your capital gains, um, you know, federal and state, just through the Delaware statutory trust, like you would any other type of 10-3-1 exchange
0: now what are some of the considerations if i'm an investor let's say i own an eight unit apartment building and i'm looking to get into something that's passive um, what are some of the considerations that i need to think of um, maybe like in terms of the exit uh, the time frame um, you know uh, the
1: obligation to stay in that investment tell me a little bit about that sure usually what happens is when you're in the the dst there's because it's all passive and it's all third party we usually like to say that you, you you give the reins up and you let somebody else kind of take care of the entirety of, of the property okay. right which basically means that whether or not they decide to sell is totally not your decision it's up to the asset managers and, and the sponsor okay usually what we like to say is there's a roughly five to seven year hold period of a DST during the time that you actually like invest in that particular property or properties um, but that doesn't mean that it's a strict five to seven year time frame. There are instances in which um, you know DSTs have gone full cycle, what we say full cycle, which is the, which is basically all the equity gets raised, the property performs, that's what it's it, intended to do, and then it sells after three years. There's other instances where the property gets held for eight or nine years, maybe even 10 or 11 years. So it just depends on what the market cycle is, where we're at, and then what the economics of that particular deal look like. Because at the end of the day, you have to remember that the asset managers have a fiduciary responsibility to act in the best interest of the investors, so if like in an environment like we're in right now, if interest rates are going up and they're going to have a hard time finding a new property, more often than not, those the asset managers and sponsors are going to hold on to that property so that they continue the cash flow. Mm-hmm. So the investors get more cash flow. Um, and then while they're kind of riding out this next cycle, then at a later date, they'll decide to sell the property, thus you know, locking in any any potential you know upside um, gain that that the property had got it now speaking to the
0: time frame and the cycle how does it work with taxes and um, you know things like depreciation um, taking on debt um, you know those are all major considerations right that's one of the reasons why traditional investors who buy commercial real estate apartments in particular um, that's one of the main advantages depreciation um, leveraging debt uh, principal pay down How, how does that work when you invest into uh, or do an exchange from an apartment building into one of your Delaware statutory trust
1: investments. Sure. What I'll say is um one of the like you explained, Kevin, perfectly, most of the time, real estate investors utilize real estate because of the tax benefits they get through the depreciation, yeah. um, you know the the long term hold of of the property. it's It's a really great way to accumulate wealth over you know your life cycle um, and then pass it off to your heirs most of the investors that we work with, they either have either paid off their their property completely, or they're trying to find a way to um, to leverage, uh, leverage their property to buy more property, right? Um, in the event where um, someone has, let's say 50% loan to value on their current property, they're trying to sell it, the DST already has the loan built into the offering, which basically means that if an, an investor is trying to find a replacement, with the same amount of debt, they can utilize a DST and then basically transition into the DST and satisfy the debt requirements. They're not responsible for any of that debt because it's not Marine Corps. The uh, the sponsor basically takes it on as as they do um, for everybody else. So. The, the, the debt is non-recourse to the, to the investor, which means they don't have to actually like go out and, and find their own uh, loan. They don't have to get loans. There's no loan document signing. It's all done for you.
0: So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. You, you mean to tell me that they get it to capture the benefits of having the debt without the downside of uh, being liable for it, uh, That's correct. more or less. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, So that sounds like a huge advantage, but that also spins the other way. Are these highly levered deals that are inherently very, very risky? I mean, you know, it's very challenging to take a a free and clear apartment building and trade into something that's highly levered, has a tremendous amount of debt, whether I'm liable for it or not, just in terms of the viability of the investment. How does that work? I mean, is there comfort
1: in landing on uh, this this type of an investment? And, And what are the risks associated? Sure. Most of the the DST structures that we're looking at, um, I personally am a big fan of multifamily right now. I think multifamily is just, it's I think as an asset class where we're at right now, um, the shortage of housing around the country, I think it's a great property um, asset class to be in. Um, In in the case where a a sponsor is offering a multifamily property, um, what they'll do is, again, they'll do their own due diligence on the property and then they'll put it into the trust They'll get financing on it, and everything is basically done like we talked about. Um, in order for them to feel comfortable and investors to feel comfortable, there's a certain debt-to-service coverage ratio that they basically run through with all the expenses and fees and everything else. So most of the DSCs that we look at um, in the voluntary family space, for me, I would feel comfortable with a certain debt-to-service co- coverage ratio for investors. So, of course, in any sort of investment, there's going to be some sort of risk, right? Whether it be um uh market risk or sure. tenant risk or things like that sure but um, these sponsors you know they're they're some of the largest companies in you know in in the, in the real estate business mm-hmm. um, so they have a lot of experience in actually checking these deals out and before they even bring them to market they're doing you know tons of underwriting to make sure it's actually gonna be a viable property
0: well that brings up a really good point so it's safe to say that they basically stress test these investments going into them prior to acquiring them they underwrite them they assess the risk and then Based on that, then they acquire them and then offer them in this this kind of fractured capacity. Um, is that an accurate kind of description?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, most of most of the the deals too, they um, the sponsors were actually like right out of a pro forma for about ten years, just to show you here's what their projections are, here's what their rent growth is expected to look like, um, and it looks very similar to every other type of you know pro forma if, when you're doing some sort of due diligence and, and, and analysis. Okay, um, but. Because they are securities, these are you know securitized by um, uh, by their structure. Um, they go into a lot of detail with each of the expenses that they expect over the next 10 years. Um, so when you do it, when you're doing all these analyses, you can see you know at the at the very bottom line, here's what the net net would look like for the investors, including all the expenses and costs and fees, um, and then the tax equivalent yield of that property as well. So. So
0: um, getting back to the kind of the stress testing and and the front end uh, evaluation that you folks do before sending it and offering it to prospective clients, um, this is a product that cannot be sold by a real estate broker. This is governed by the Securities and Exchange Commission, correct? And that's what differentiates who who I am sitting here as a real estate broker and you as a uh, securities uh, uh, broker dealer more or less, right? right? Can you explain to me a little bit about that? higher level of oversight and how it's, it, it's, it's governed differently than say a, a traditional bread and butter apartment
1: investment. Sure. So each DST falls under the SEC rules. Um, and the SEC is the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um, we as brokers, um, uh, investment advisor brokers and, and, and registered representatives, we have uh, rules that we fall under through FINNA, which is the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. So what happens is these these deals these these DSTs mm-hmm. um, they're created by these sponsors and what they do is they have a again their own due diligence on their own properties. then they send them out to third- party um, fact checkers to make sure that the property is actually what they say it is and here's what everything looks like. Um, then from that point it goes to our managing bro- or to our broker dealers who do another round of due diligence to make sure that the property is actually good too. Um, and then from there it comes to us and then we do our own due diligence as individual advisors and decide this is something I do want to offer to my clients or um, you know I'd I'd rather pass on this and wait for something else Um, so we have a it's it's a much more scrutinized investment um, from from the the I would say uh, the regulatory authorities than than a typical um, transaction um, for real estate would look like
0: yeah no I, I think there's some comfort in that and I mean Although my experience has been referring mom and pop investors who have sold, you know, small to medium-sized apartment buildings, you know, average sale price two and a half million to ten million, um, you were sharing with me that there are some highly sophisticated, high net worth individuals, family offices that have also chosen to divest into DSTs um, for the for all the same reasons, the tax advantages. Um, you know, the, the spreading the risk across multiple assets, but I think also the quality of assets is that accurate? Are are there not just mom and pop investors, but high grade institutional investors seeing value in the DST offerings
1: out there? Sure, I, I think any um, any time when you're looking at some sort of exchange and you're having either um, an issue with finding a property uh, and doing your own due diligence on it, you can always use a DST as a, either a backup solution or as a main solution. Um, to, to give you an idea, there's a there's you know a, a, a case that we're working on right now a client has a number of um of apartments in here in san diego and he's looking to basically offload that and so what we're doing is we're trying to find either um a, a company that can assist in helping with one particular dst for him as a as just the sole the owner, primary owner primary oh, wow. okay. uh, the only owner uh, it's a custom deal or um he can again fractionalize into multiple different asset classes in in all over the country these properties um, generally are, especially the the multifamily, mm-hmm. they're class A in nature um, because they offer, at least in my opinion, more stabilized um, investment uh, return—not incentive returns, but a cash flow—than sure. um, than some other, other properties do. Um, in some cases, a, a sponsor will actually buy the property from a developer, and it'll like go through lease up, and then they'll basically offer it at a DSC at that point um there's other thing there's other properties that are actually you know 95% occupied and and it's continuously cash flowing at that point so it just really depends on what the market is but our job is to kind of help you know sift through all the different deals in the market right now there's about 70 in the market okay um about 40 different sponsors um, and so our job is to say Mr. or Mrs. Client, um, after our conversation, it seems like this is the direction that you feel the most comfortable with. Sure. Um, Here's what your options are. Here's the ones that I feel the most comfortable with based off of these specific parameters. Got it.
0: Yeah. Well, and another thing that you you touched on there that sounds very interesting is the fact that you're basically alluding to the fact that you can sell your 50, 60 year old apartments and trade into class A, basically
1: institutional grade type product. I mean, that's very attractive. is that is that the case totally absolutely it's it's so the the property the quality of property that are in dsts is just it's it's amazing um you know these these properties can range between 50 and say like a 200 million Mm dollars um throughout the entire country so it doesn't necessarily have to be in san diego i would actually argue that most of the sponsors don't like california because of the rules that, that they have kind of set up um for property owners okay um that's not to say that there are some in california but most of them are you know within the southeast um kind of sunbelt area more tax-friendly states um texas florida tennessee those areas we're finding a lot of uh, a lot of investors kind of you know moving their their assets to or finding more more opportunity in um but i mean these are uh you know brand new properties built between 2018 2022 um just gorgeous properties i mean the the works with the amenities of just uh, dog washing um, stations in, in, in the property, there's a... So it's just overly oh amenitized. Gosh, I mean, totally. what you would
0: expect for a class A building. Absolutely. Uh, newer construction, yes. if not new construction. Well, let's talk about that. Um, we referred a, an apartment owner to you, um, and it's a, it's a great case study because it, it was an apartment owner that built the apartments originally, back in, I think, the late 70s, early 80s. They had owned and operated the apartments for, for decades. And number one, they were fully out of depreciation. Number two, they were getting up there in age and they decided, you know what, we're we're sick of the tenants and toilets and trash. And we're ready to transition into something uh, that's a little bit more passive, but we want to stay in real estate. And we certainly want to take advantage of all the aspects and advantages of owning real estate—the depreciation, mm-hmm. principal paydown, and future appreciation. So we referred them to you, which is what a lot of us brokers are doing these days. Can you can you tell me about how that worked out? I'm not even aware of what they specifically invested in. Mm-hmm. Were they similar type class A assets? Tell me a little bit
1: about that. They yeah. So and I really appreciate that referral. That was great. Yeah. They're awesome people. They're yeah. they're one of my favorite clients. Um, so so fun and um. And that's exactly what we did. We we basically looked at all the different mar- uh, all the different properties in the market. Um, we went through the different offerings, and we basically kind of highlighted a few that that were I think the the best in class at that at that moment. Um, so we found a, um, a good apartment building in. Um, in, uh, in Kentucky. And then um, tell me about how many units was the apartment building? I'm just curious. Yeah, it was 350, about 350. 350 units. units. Yeah, 350 units was yeah. it newer construction? Newer construction, 2020, I believe it was built. Wow. Um, so a three-year-old yeah. class A, yeah. 350 plus unit yeah. apartment building, yeah. probably fully amenitized. I mean, to pools, the clubs, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the type of resort living, if yes. you will, that you get with that type yes. of an asset. Yeah. it was. It's, it's a beautiful property. Um, and then uh, there's other, uh, like we're kind of talking about. There are some DSCs that actually offer no debt on them. This one had debt. It was like 39% loan to value. So they they added wow. a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more debt to the to the property, um, or to their purchase, which basically is going to give them more depreciation potential yeah. and allowance there. Um, and uh, and and the next stage, next phase was basically finding another property that had uh, no debt on it. Um, so we found. Another uh, another asset class, uh, self storage, and um, three brand new brand new properties built in 2020. Um, two are in uh, uh, Phoenix, and the other one is in um, uh, Saint Petersburg, in Florida. Wait a minute. So, so, yeah. so hang on.
0: Just so these folks were able to sell their, I think it was around six million dollars. They they walked with about six million in equity, and then they were able to splinter that equity, diversify into a Class A apartment building, 350 plus units, institutional grade uh, apartment building. And then not just a self storage, but different self storage facilities in three different markets. Yes. So we're talking about a very diversified portfolio. Yes. Um, spreading the risk, two different asset classes, and um, wow, wow, that's yeah. fascinating.
1: Yeah, it was. I think that the the total um the total units in the self storage was like uh, I believe it was, uh, um, twenty one hundred units. Wow. Amongst yeah. the three properties. Amongst the three properties. Okay. And it's Class A climate-controlled properties, no debt, no debt.
0: Okay, so, yeah. so for that owner that's concerned about going out of state, concerned about taking on any, because let's face it, if you've worked a lifetime to pay off your apartment building, um, you know some folks are just not comfortable with taking on debt in retirement. Although that's you right. and I may have a difference of opinion, uh, for all for all the reasons we've discussed previously, there are options out there for the highly conservative investors, no debt opportunities. Um, that probably allow for a, a lot lower risk potential, threshold for, for risk. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, but I would say so. I'd say, you know, depending on the appetite for risk, you know, clients, um, again, because of the non-recourse debt that, that DSTs offer, I think that kind of helps set a little bit of those nerves. Um, but for those clients just like, I just don't want to have any, any thought about it, right? Um, they can use the, the no-debt DST solution for that purpose. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, an option there. Okay. Now, here's something that I got real excited about when you shared
0: with me some ideas about um, a client of mine that was looking into buying a triple net lease property. Oftentimes, there again, it's a a stepping stone to getting away from the tenants and toilets and trash. One of our clients was looking into a a brand new constructed uh, Dutch Brothers triple net lease uh, as an exchange option out of their bread and butter apartments here in San Mm -hmm. Diego. And you said, well, you know, we actually have an offering that is a... Uh, blended portfolio of net lease properties. And so I, I, we kind of touched on it briefly, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. It w- from what I understand, a, an owner of fee simple real estate can sell their apartments or their commercial property or their, their income property, whatever it may be, take that equity, harvest it and redeploy it into not just a single net lease deal, but uh, splintered mm-hmm. throughout the country, multiple net lease properties, but it's the same concept, low debt or no debt. Uh, it's it, these are true triple net lease properties. Taxes, maintenance, insurance is paid for by the tenant. These have guaranteed leases in place. I would assume they're mm-hmm. they're traditionally corporate, backed,
1: corporate not, backed, not not
0: necessarily franchisee,
1: that's right. corporate backed. So these right.
0: are these are the bond grade uh, tenants, uh, if you will, that's that right. we look for when we're looking for net lease properties for our clients. So I mean that's huge. I mean that's a whole new avenue where a client doesn't have to be pigeonholed, pigeonholed into one property. In a particular town, in a particular area, with you know risk. I mean, there's tremendous right. risk. They could take that two million dollars of equity and splinter it amongst
1: five, six, seven, eight different properties. Is that right? Absolutely. T- tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So the I think one of the one of the greatest things about the DSTs is the the low minimums. Um, usually, the minimums for the DSTs are a hundred thousand dollars, which is I think um, in and of itself. A really useful tool when it comes to you know if, if you're trying to help find a, a, a property locally for a client and let's say you do find you know something that basically takes a, a lion's share of that equity but they still have something that they need to fill whether it be the debt or the equity you can use a small amount of that to basically get into the DST thus satisfying not only their debt but the rest of the equity um, so that could be a really helpful tool you know for for brokers who are you know who are just trying to find something locally for their client in the event of um, of someone trying to look for something like a triple net lease, um, there are portfolios that we have offered right now where there's there's ten or fourteen different properties in fourteen different markets, and just like you said, they're bond grade um, uh, tenants and you know ten year leases on ten year fifteen year leases on the on the on the property, um, cash flowing, and you know the business there's business plans for the entirety of, of that portfolio. So it's um, it's it's it definitely can be a really helpful tool for investors who are looking to basically, again, feel that comfort level of knowing that there's a tenant that is S&P rated and has that investment grade that, you know, you typically may not get if you're looking for something either locally with like a franchisee or something like that. Sure. No, that's great.
0: Well, and uh, hopefully we can uh, set up a separate podcast to talk about the entire other side vein of that business, which is the upreach concept, yes, the conversion yes. of that equity. That's that's a topic for another podcast. Yeah. But you know, all in all, I think that although as a real estate broker, we'd love to make the commission on selling our client an upleg and helping them do a ten thirty one exchange. At the end of the day, it's about the client's best interest and finding the right solution for them. And I've just been uh, just amazed at the handoff that we've been able to do with you, and uh, the, the the result, the end result has been fantastic.
1: So. Um, and I, I appreciate it, Kevin. It's, yeah. it's it's been a really fun um, you know uh, experience helping helping your clients out. I, I think it was a really fun uh, really fun time, and um, and they're awesome. So I mean, you you have you have great clientele. Awesome. Great
0: clientele. We appreciate that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And uh, we look forward to working together in the coming years and helping other clients transition into whatever it may be. And if the DST is the right opportunity for them, we want to make the introduction and, and, and share all the great resources that you have to offer as a strategic partner. Skylar, I want to thank you for coming in and meeting with us at the Multifamily Movers podcast. Uh, the wealth of information that you shared was invaluable,
1: and hopefully our clients will see value in it as well. And thanks again for coming in. Thanks, Kevin. I appreciate it. And um, like I said before, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to help you, help uh, strategic re- resource for you know, South Coast, your team, and all the guys here. And um, and let's let's help some more people out. All right. The best way to reach me would if would basically just be to go to the website, you know, dot um, We're redoing it right now, so if it uh, there's there's going to be some some upgrades to it momentarily. So um, yeah, it's basically the best way to, to get to get to us the podcast is a discussion pertaining to one or more investment strategies and or asset classes and it's not a discussion of any specific offering past or present of securities as a reminder there's no guarantee that any investment or strategy will perform as targeted past performance is no guarantee of future performance any investment involves risk and the risk of loss and some are all principal invested this podcast contains statements intended for educational hypothetical purposes only and is not to be construed as a promise of performance information presented herein reflects the opinions of the speakers and is from sources believed to be reliable but all information is subject to change you should always speak to your financial and tax professional prior to investing securities are offered through emerson Equity LLC, member fender and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Law Wealth Partners, California Registered Investment Advisor. Only available in states where Emerson Equity LLC is registered. Emerson Equity LLC is not affiliated with any other entities identified in this communication. Ten one risk disclosures. There's no guarantee that any strategy will be successful or achieve investment objectives. Potential for property value loss, all real estate investments have the potential to lose value during the life of the investments. Change of tax status, the income stream and depreciation schedule for any investment property may affect the property owner's income bracket and or tax status. An unfavorable tax ruling may cancel deferral of capital gains and result in immediate tax liabilities. Potential for foreclosure, all finance real estate investments have the potential for foreclosure. Illiquidity, because 10-1 exchanges are commonly offered through private placement offerings and are illiquid securities, there's no secondary market for these securities Mm -hmm. and investments. So reduction uh, or elimination of monthly cash flow distributions. in real estate, if property, unexpected, if property unexpectedly loses tenants or sustains substantial damage, there is potential for suspension of cash flow distributions, and the impact of fees and expenses and costs associated with the transaction may Im- impact investors' returns and may outweigh tax benefits.